Hi, Spots and Cheap Pots! Today, we celebrate our 100th video here on YouTube with one of the biggest guests we've ever had. Certainly the biggest live guest we've ever had. This is Silicon Steve Valley. We're talking to Vladi Dottie, my partner, my heterosexual love. Ladies and gentlemen, we are High Spots and Cheap Pops. Thank you so much, Vladi Dottie, 100th video. We have finally made it, and you have a monster announcement for our first guest of the night, or only guest of the night, but it is a monster one who's been in the news quite a lot the last couple days. Can you guess who it is? Vladi Dottie, lay us on who is going to be the guest on High Spots and Cheap Pops tonight. I mean, very few things shock me, but this one shocked me, Mr. Valley. I cannot believe on this milestone episode that we are doing here, we have a milestone sort of guest. None other than Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Whoa! Vincent Kennedy McMahon is going to be on our show? Yeah, and you know what's weird? is I didn't even reach out to him. He reached out to us. Huh. Well, is he, is he, is he, is he do we have him? Let's go to our producer. Hey, Chuck, is, do, we have, do we have Vince climbed up? Yeah, I think he wanted to be contacted via Teams, Microsoft Teams. Yes. All right. Yeah, yeah. The email. Yes, his email was Big Daddy Vince sixty nine at wwe dot com. Yeah, that's the one. All right, cool. All right. It seems professional. Yeah. Well, we know how he loves professionalism, Sasha Banks. All right, so without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have the former CEO and chairman of WWE, the biggest name in professional wrestling history, who just got some bit of bad news. Ladies and gentlemen, Vincent Kennedy McMahon here at High Spot and Chief Oh, hello. 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 Is this High Spot and Chief it is. Is this Mr. McMahon? Hey, pal. How you doing? I'm doing great, Mr. McMahon. Thank you for uh, calling in today. Well, I've had a little bit of time on my hands lately since I haven't been at that shitty boardroom anymore. And I was perusing this YouTube thing I never saw before. YouTube? The website? Uh, whatever it is. I don't know. It was on, it was on the, the TV. My little TV I carry around with me. They tell me to... With the keyboard? Yeah, that, that thing. I gotcha. And I, I saw a video. And I, quite frankly, I wanted to talk to you, Silicon Steve Valley. Uh oh. Whoa, 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 whoa. What, what, what's going on here? I didn't. Hey, I have nothing but respect for you, Vince. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Is that why you have a video called Fuck You, Vince? You big, fat, tubby lard of shit. You make Bruce Pritchard look skinny, you son of a bitch. Go ahead, say fuck you, Vince, again. Say it. Say it like Alex. Um, <laughs> um, I'm just going to sit this one out. I'm sorry, Mr. McMahon. I, I had no idea you were going to be on the show ever. And, uh, you know, a lot of love. I've been a big fan for 40-something years. Yeah. You wouldn't even exist without me, pal. Don't you forget it. I created you, Bigelow. Um, I'm, I'm still Steve Valley, not fan Ben Bigelow. Whatever. Get out of my face. I'm going to talk to the other one. <laughs> All right, pal. Let's get going. I got shit to do. 
I, I realize that in your busy schedule, you're calling us. I'm completely honored. I mean, you've had some turmoil in the past, but this is uh, really taking it up a notch even for you, Mr. McMahon. Well, I'll tell you right now, this is why I came on your show. Because I am not going to let a peon like Silicon Steve Alley talk ill about Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So, you guys are going to have a nice cease and desist coming forward in a garbage bag. And then I'm going to release you both. You stupid <laughs> sons of bitches. <laughs> We're not under contract. I thought you got out of here, you son of a bitch. Get out of here. You're fired. Fired. Ah. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to go get a drink. I'll be back. <laughs> All right, so you, Mr. You McBain, you have some questions. I, I got, I do, I, I do have to apologize for my partner here, uh, Mr. Valley. I think he was a little bit out of order there. It looked like he was going to have a stroke. He was screaming so much. I can't stand people get excited. Stupid son of a bitch! I am an icon. I created this business, and God, God damn it, I can end this business. Don't you ever forget it. I, I, I think about that every day, actually, Mr. McMahon. Mr. McMahon, I, I'd be. Uh, wrong with this opportunity not to ask you. With you'd be remiss. You about you. Let me here. Let me let me here. Put put up. Do you have your earphones in? I do. I actually. All right. Well, I'm gonna tell you what to say in the microphone. It works out great with Michael Cole. <laughs> it does. Right. Okay. Yeah. You're I, gonna say remiss instead yes. of whatever the hell you just said. You butchered the line. <laughs> All right, Mister uh, Big Man. Uh I would be remiss to take this opportunity and not ask you about what you could say about these allegations. Which allegations? You know the allegations. All right. You just went on. Right. You know, it was a big deal. You were went, went on SmackDown and everybody was waiting. And we didn't really get much. Did you hear that pop? The I people love me, goddammit. They love me. I'm creator of all things. No chance. That's what you got. No chance. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forget, though. What did I say? <laughs> you actually just said the WWE signature. You said uh, then, now, forever, and most importantly. Sign the NDA, you motherfucker. I don't know if it was that, but it was oh, no, close. No. I think you said together, together. Oh, that was 2011 when I had that one. I'm sorry. Whenever Kelly Kelly left. Oh. But anyways, let's go on with the questions because I'm quite frankly getting bored. You're getting you're bored. Almost, you're, you're almost as bad as Tony Schiavon. Schiavon? Whatever. Jericho never knew how to say it. I do. <laughs> That's why I fired him after a year. I got to ask you, Mr. McMahon, according to the Wall Street Journal, famous newspaper, right? I used first to read email, all the time before they turned all liberal. <laughs> the Wall Street Journal is even liberal for Mr. McMahon, huh? They're all liberal, damn it! That's why, <laughs> that's why I can't sleep with interns without getting in trouble anymore. Yeah, that does cause an issue, right? Uh, so I'm going to, to paralegals. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding, board. According to the Wall Street Journal, the first email the board of WWE received was on March 30th. Uh, within weeks, your daughter, Stephanie McMahon, left her role with WWE. Was it? He's taking care of my family, Dad! 
Oh, that's why. That's that was the reason she gave us. But but you know what? I, I never left the company. I always stayed. I didn't care how many women I was banging. I always did my job. I wish Stephanie would follow in my footsteps just a little bit more. But it's a weird little turn she took to follow in your footsteps, where she left, and then these allegations came back, and then they just announced that WWE has announced that you, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, the creator of all things, as you just said, had to step down as CEO from your own company to be replaced by Stephanie McMahon, your daughter. Yeah, weird, huh? Sort of crazy. Yeah. Who, uh, <laughs> and I'm not going to have any influence on any of her decisions, I promise. I barely know I, her. I, I, I don't even talk to her anymore. What's her name? Stephanie? Stephanie? <laughs> Stephanie. Whatever. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, come on. You, you, you definitely don't give her the Shane treatment. Well, Shane Ooh. didn't get the breast implants like she did. So obviously she loves me more. <laughs> God bless you, pal. It's disgusting. You're disgusting. You don't sneeze in my fucking presence. Ever, you piece of shit. You're fired. I'm sorry. Fired. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not working for you. <laughs> I want to I wanna clear something up right now. Stephanie had no knowledge that I was banging a paralegal, nor any knowledge that I paid her any kind of money. And I'm not saying I did. I would not do that. But if I did, she had no knowledge of it. It's all coincidence, if that's what you're asking me. Thank you. Thank you, pal. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Uh, Vince, can you define insider trading? It's when you're inside a building and you trade baseball cards. That's or, or that's, crypto. That's, I don't know. Whatever you want to trade, but if you're inside <laughs> and you're trading. You're obviously inside trading. You're an inside trader. Everybody knows uh, that. Damn it. What what kind of questions are these? I want to talk about well, wrestling <laughs> and creative. I want to talk about Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. <clears throat> yes, we got to ask. They're wrestling at SummerSlam. That was my idea. We got to ask you, Kevin Dunn, one of your executives, is being in, uh, investigated for uh, insider trading because of the announcement of this these emails to the board and him selling a ton of stocks. Any comments on that, Mr. McMahon? Insider trading. Okay. Is that what you're saying? Insider trading? You asked me, Vincent Kennedy to McMahon, what insider trading is. It's when you trade of being inside her. Everybody knows that. So that's why John Laurinaitis and I get along really well. We both inside her trading. Get it? We trade being. I get it. Her. We trade. Get it? <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I, I, <laughs> this room is dead. No wonder why you only have 78 subscribers, you piece of shit. It does, it does explain a lot. That's for sure. What a stupid question. Insider trade. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Mr. Gamana, I mean, I know time is of the essence, and I appreciate all these moments you've given us, especially at this moment in time. Do you know how long it takes me to write SmackDown? Probably 30 seconds. 29.3. I figured, yeah. You're getting pretty good at it. But I was wondering, would you be up for some word association? Make it quick, pal. All right, let's go. Ready? Sasha Banks. Unprofessional piece of shit. Wow. 
Cody Rhodes. Probably the greatest wrestler alive right now. He is good. That right? fucking neck tattoo has even gotten people excited. We're going to make millions of little children putting that grotesque thing all over their faces and their necks. And maybe, just maybe, Brandy and I can have some alone time. It's a lot more than one word, though. That is a lot. That's a pretty wordy response, I got to say. I if she knows what an NDA is. Uh, Seth Rollins. Idiot. Idiot. <laughs> you tell him to stop laughing or no? Is that That's the only thing I like about him, damn it. Oh, Nobody see, gives I see. a shit about his wrestling. Nobody cares, Seth. No, I want you to laugh and be funny. Idiot. Okay. Since we're in the neighborhood, Becky Lynch. I don't think I'll need to sign an NDA with her. Now you're tight. Maybe if she looked more like Charlotte. Oh, you like the blondes. By the way, I want to talk about Nature Boy Ric Flair real quick before we move He's on. He's blonde. He's blonde. Yes, but I haven't had sex with him in 25 years. It was okay. He was under Turner at the time, so it was fine. It wasn't, it wasn't inappropriate. But the point is, is that he said that I buried Charlotte and Randy Orton. Said that. Vince said it. Kennedy McMahon burying Randy Orton and Charlotte. They've had more goddamn title rings than I've had non-disclosure agreements signed. So don't tell me I didn't put them over, you son of a bitch. You're just pissed off you only had two in WWE, you stupid old fossil. Nobody likes it when somebody <laughs> old hangs on. Nobody likes it. Just retire gracefully so people stop saying you've lost it. Nobody likes when someone keeps on holding on to their former glory and holding other people back. Nobody likes it when somebody wears out their welcome and just isn't good at their job anymore, but still stays around. It's embarrassing, Flair. By the way, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Madcap Moss and Barry Carver, <laughs> goddammit. That's good shit. Finn Balor, Judgment Day. Which one's Finn Balor? He's the Irish guy. He was the first Universal champ. Ah, oh, yeah, love him. Kind of white. His hair gets funky pale. Yeah. His hair gets real funky. I like his faction too, even though the one dude dropped Biggie on his head. I love the Irish. Good people. <laughs> You're thinking Seamus. <laughs> you said Irish. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How many Irish people do we have working for us? Are you scared of? Isn't Vincent McMahon Irish? I'm American, Dad. American. How about another name for for me to throw at you is John Cena. He's like the son I never had. Yeah. A lot of people think that. I love him just like I love him more than my own children. Especially the one that I forget. I forget his name. I fired him a couple months ago. It's dark. Sean, dark Sean, it wasn't Shawn Michaels. Did I fire Shawn Michaels? No, he's still working there. He's oh, at NXT. I don't know. I fired a lot of people from NXT. I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, it's been brutal. Yeah, goddamn Shawn Michaels. Pat used to I'm say go. he used to work it like nobody else. <laughs> Meaning in ring? Uh, yeah. That's what I thought. Well, luckily, Mike Shawn Michaels signed in the NDA as well, so we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I gotta ask you, Tony Khan. Is that the little kid Nick Khan brings to bring your kid to work day? 
No, no, he is not related to Nikon. He is actually the owner of AEW, what many consider to be your main competition. I don't think we have any competition. You know, you I have them never heard of Friday night. I don't know who the fuck AEW is. Don't know. How am I supposed to pay attention to everything when I'm too busy building an empire? An empire! But if I did know him, he's a scarny little fucking stupid mark. It's going to be destroyed, and I'm going to buy him out as soon as I get rid of this little problem that Stephanie's taking care of. Not that Stephanie knows anything about the problem, but if she did. She might help. Tony, Tony Khan. Yeah. He loves CM Punk, though, doesn't he? Wow. And that's the next name that I was going to ask you about. CM Punk. McMahon, you are on it. Well, CM Punk. I don't know. CM Botch, you want to call him? Everyone calls him the best in the world. The guy botches every fucking match he's in. God damn it! Why don't you try to hit another clothesline, you dumbass? It was a buckshot. Jesus Christ. How long was he healthy before he got hurt when he won the title? Not that I watch. We're not competition. <laughs> I have one more name for you. And this is, might be one of the most important questions besides everything that you're personally going through, Mr. McMahon. I love Hulk Hogan. He's not racist. Neither am I. Or sexist or misogynist. We never we never tag team Sherry Martell. Yeah, it was the anniversary of her birthday or death. This right. I sure picked the wrong one there for that joke, didn't I? <laughs> MJF. Quite frankly, he would be the best goddamn manager in history. <laughs> not named Bobby Heenan. I think he's brilliant. Could talk his way out of a wet paper bag. Which isn't really that hard in retrospect. It's actually easier. But I'm actually 77 years old. God damn it. I'm already oh. being lost. I'm already talking more than I ever should. Shit. That that 35 second promo on SmackDown, I had to take a 12 hour nap. They should consider just putting a live mic on you in the gorilla position and put that on Peacock. Already have. Yeah. Well, don't worry about that. Why? Oh, so I can this is why so more people can embarrass me and throw championship belts at me and tell me how stupid my ideas are. Great. <laughs> That's the sort of stuff we want to say. That stage is just a paradise for everybody except Vince. It's not a paradise for you? Then why don't you quit? Because what's going to happen when I go? You know what's going to happen? What's that? Nick Khan and his son Tony are going to buy me out. Again, they're not related. How many goddamn cons are in this world? Jesus. There's so many Irishmen, so many cons. I can't keep track of them. Where's Boost Pritchard? He knows all this shit, not me. He keeps me abreast of such situations, as you can probably understand. There's so many goddamn cons. So many Irish. So many cons. Tony Khan. If I knew about him and his little show, I would have tried to buy him out for $1 million. And he said, no. He says he has more money than me. Khan has more money than me. I don't like any other wrestling promoter having more money than me. God damn it, I'm Vincent Kennedy fucking McMahon. <laughs> Grapefruits the size of balls. Shit. I fucked that up. Maybe it's not Michael Cole's fault. All those mess ups. I don't know. Grapefruit City. Mr. McMahon, uh, as of last night, you were on SmackDown. And you did, you opened the show. Do you have anything you to say about 
It did. They were it singing. Did. It was... They were singing my song. They were bowing to me, showing the adulation and respect that a pioneer and a revolutionary in this business deserves. The men who single-handedly destroyed professional wrestling and turned it into sports entertainment. God damn it, I'm great! Ah! Go on with your question. Well, what do you think about some of the criticisms of what you actually said out there and how people think it's a little insensitive? Uh, I don't really pay and, attention. Whatever what people say. And that is actually a ratings grab. I don't do anything for a ratings grab. What kind of bullshit is that? I have spent 60 years of my life in this business for the fans. And only for the fans, I do exactly what they want. I went out just to say hi. I didn't think, I didn't think it mattered what, what was going on. I just wanted to open the show. What's wrong with, this, with the former chairman and head of creative to open the show? What's the problem with that? <laughs> When's the last time you did that? Don't worry about it. Next question. I don't know. Look, I don't do anything for a ratings grab. By the way, you see Brock Lesnar return last night? Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Sutter Slam, last match standing. He didn't get the same pop I got, though, did he? No. Everybody no. loves Vinny Mac. Vinny Mac, the WWE Universe, loves me. They love me. You know, I could shoot somebody in broad daylight in New York City and they'd still love me. Do you know that? Do you understand that? The power I have. I could bang whoever I want throughout my company. And all they got to do is sign a little piece of paper. And I'm on the clear. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I did that. But if I did. I think that's what you're being accused for. Well, I didn't, I didn't do anything for a ratings grab. I just wanted everyone to know that our signature is still very important. Then, now... Forever and vagina. Young, blonde, vagina. But it's all relevant. I guess, you know, 40 isn't really that young anymore, but... Eh. Isn't that a bit wording for the signature that actually got through? Look, we I've... always change our signature. We used to be excellence in sports entertainment. We used to have Hulk Hogan in there. We used to have Ric Flair in there. They're all gone now. Why? I don't know. Controversies, but I—that's why Vince, Vince and Kennedy McMahon stays away from such controversies. And I tow the line. I tow the white line. Does John Laurinaitis tow the other side of that line? Well, he always tows the other side, but I'm usually from behind. I'm trying to do the math on that one. You'll figure it out. I'll figure now it out. You're one a day. big boy. Now it's me, my time to play word associated with you, Vladdy Dotty. Okay. My cock. Peacock Network. <laughs> I call it Andre the Giant. You call it Andre? The Giant. <laughs> There's no reason for a brevity there, right? Look, the fact of the matter is, I'm talking about my big chicken here. You can't see it because I'm on Teams audio. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of that joke. That joke was bad. It was probably the worst one in the skit. So we're going to come out. <laughs> no! Andre the Giant! All right. Ready for the next one? 
Sure. My brain. Oh, um, Bobby Heenan? The genius! Lanny Poffo! Oh, say, say. My left nipple. Um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan! This, so Vincent McMahon's, like, doctor visits must be a real hoot. <laughs> Look, do you think I came up with all these names by accident? No. You named them after your body parts. Or vice versa. It doesn't matter anymore. When you're my age and you've done so much, it doesn't fucking matter. You can do whatever you want. You can just grab your paralegals by the pocketbook and just give them a bunch of money. Just give them raises. You thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? Hmm. Goes <laughs> to show where your head's at, sir. I'll tell you, pal. You tried hardballing me. You tried stiff-arming me. But Vincent Kennedy McMahon will not let a hack dirt sheet writer like you Take me down! Fuck you, Meltzer! <laughs> I'm not Dave Meltzer. I'm nowhere near that guy's fame. Oh. This isn't Wrestling Observer? No, no. This is High Spots and Cheap Pops. Get my goddamn publicist on the phone! How do I get on this? I don't even remember calling in. What is this? <laughs> I gotta go. Where's Brian Alvarez? Where's Ryan Satin? He's nice to me. Pat McAfee? Oh, my God. I beat the living fuck out of him. And it looked real legitimate. That was probably the greatest match in WrestleMania history. I beat Pat McAfee in five seconds. And not only that, you also had one of the most memorable stunners in WrestleMania history. You know, I've always told Shawn Michaels this. The reason that people love him is because he sells so well. So what kind of leader would I be if I didn't sell that stunner better than any damn person ever sold it? Except for Scott Hall, that was really good. It's my personal favorite. God rest his soul. Life's funny, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it can be. Yeah, it is. Got a guy who turns his life around. Struggled his whole life, and then he's gone. Meanwhile, I'm falling off of high places in wrestling at 77 and making people's lives miserable on a daily basis. Kind of makes you think there's no God, right? <laughs> you really got this like, existential vibe going here, Mr. McMahon. Well, I've had my problems with God. He tried killing me, I think, on, on air one time. And I beat him in a wrestling match, if I remember correctly. I booked it, so I'm sure I was over. Did I beat God? I forget. I know I had Shawn Michaels lose several times because he's a stupid Christian, but, you know, I don't know. I never believed in God, so it didn't matter to me. That's why I'm living so long, because, frankly, I, I don't think there's an afterlife. And honestly, if you don't believe in God, it makes it a lot easier to be a piece of shit. On that, I say this to you. Leaving the signature of the show. Then, now, together, and I'm going to be in this fucking company forever! 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 Thank you so much, Mr. McMahon. <laughs> it's been a hell of a visit. Really impassioned there. Tell Steve Valley he's a piece of shit. He's worse than Meltzer. He is. I like you, Alvarez. I like you, Alvarez. You call him Thank you. I try my best. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. We, we don't wrestle in Japan that much for you. Sorry, pal. <laughs> Dave Meltzer. The guy's got a six head. But Jesus Christ, he, he lifts more than I do at this point. Jesus, you see this guy? Bill. He is. He's ripped. He actually made it. Meltzer made it on CNN, Mr. McMahon. What do you think about that? Oh, what was he talking about? <laughs> he was talking about you of all things. 
Was he talking about my 45 years of revolutionizing the sport? Nope. Nothing about that. Was he talking about my performance at WrestleMania? Mm, nope. Didn't even was scratch he that about surface. about my brilliant performance of stand back in the, two, in the 1989 Slammy Awards? He might have glazed over that, but he was mainly talking about these allegations and you stepping down from being the CEO of WWE. Which Stephanie had no prior knowledge of any of this. She's innocent. Completely innocent. Did you see how big her tits are? That's daddy's <laughs> girl right there getting those tits. I couldn't wait to turn my 21-year-old daughter into a sex object. You know, it's kind of hard for a 22 or 23-year-old woman to tell me that they're not going to look sexy for me when I have my daughter get huge tits and start banging one of the top wrestlers. Very hard to do that, isn't it? Isn't it? No, they're not going to say no to Vince McMahon. And if they do, they're going to stop. Oh, shit. I'm saying too much. All right. I got to go. I already was bummed this wasn't Wrestling Observer. As I was. Where's Ryan Satin? I need a good hand job right now. <laughs> you see Ryan Satin? Ryan Satin will comment on the uh, idea because he says only reporting happy things makes him happy. And Is that what he said? And reporting sad things doesn't make him happy, so he's not going to report on sad things. Unless it's about yeah. AEW or any other wrestling company. Not that I know who AEW is. I want to be clear. I never heard of him. Mr. McMahon, you're saying that Ryan Satin will not comment on any of these allegations? Silicon Steve Valley can check his Twitter account, but apparently Ryan Satin blocked him. Go figure. <laughs> okay. I thought this actually happened, by the way. No, he said it. No, 100%. Are you serious? 100%. Uh, you know what? If I can just interject, he is correct. Ryan Satin did block me. I'd like to. I think it was because, Mr. McMahon, I, I continue to call him jerk off Ryan Satin because, uh, let's be honest, people are saying he doesn't really report fairly to you. And now this is all happening. Isn't it a little weird that he's not reporting anything about it? I don't know what you're talking about. Ryan Satin is one of the best dirt sheet writers on the planet. Uh, Mr. McMahon, you pay him to report for WWE. Next question. I got to go. Ryan Satin, that hand job better be good. Well, Mr. McMahon, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, um, I'd book Charlotte and Randy to win another 15 championships each if Ric Flair would shut the fuck up. They got 27 goddamn title reigns in between the two of them. How is that possible? 27! That's 11 more than Flair and four more than Tom Brady. I can't count. Super Bowls count as four. Everybody knows that. All right, Mr. McMahon. And it can't all be winners, pal. Mr. McMahon, it's getting kind of weird now. He won't leave. Sometimes, sometimes you come up with the Undertaker, and sometimes you come up with the Gobbledygooker. That should be on a t-shirt. That'll probably will be on a t-shirt. All right. Well, or, is, or, on, or on his gravestone. I haven't had this much fun on an interview since Bob Costas. One of my favorite moments. Love that. He's a little pussy cuckold bitch, too. I put him in his place. I put him in his place. I'm just going to edit that out. We should probably end it now. There we go. All right, I got to go. Ryan Satin's calling me. Oh, Ryan. Yeah. yeah, I had to take heat. No, you did the right thing. I want to. Yeah, great. My bad. Yes, I want Nice brand. I don't want Cody to know. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. I got to go. 
It's been a pleasure. Val, you're a piece of shit. Three fruits! Oh, and I'm not going anywhere, you stupid sons of bitches. <laughs> So, Vince McMahon, wow. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Vincent Kennedy McMahon popping on for our 100th episode. We didn't get him to say much about the 100th episode, so why is my voice so hoarse all of a sudden? Wow. Yeah, no you, should get like a, you should get like a lozenge or something. Definitely is, sounds a little worse. I, I often eat lozenges, even though they're not too strong. I usually have to eat like five of them. And then uh, you get pretty fucked up. Oh, I'm talking about <laughs> edible lozenges with kind Oh, oh. Which you can buy at Terrascend in New Jersey. Huh. Apothecarians selling many, many edibles. It's as if you have and sure you, knowledge of and this. And you can get COVID from there, too. <laughs> so the commercial for them, it seems. <laughs> I hope the COVID <laughs> thing doesn't, doesn't make air. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> well, we are celebrating our 100th video here on YouTube. We actually were going to do it last week, but because of just timing and all that, we weren't able to get the 100th video up. And lo and behold, folks, we had a lot of news this past week, and we're going to try to get through it as much as possible in our weekly episode of High Spots and Cheap Pops. Uh, I have been under the weather for a little bit the last couple of days, and obviously we got a lot of things going on with our lives as well, so we do apologize for that. But I'm feeling a lot better tonight here on Saturday night we're, and Sunday morning. And so we're feeling really, really good right now. And uh, wow, Lottie Dottie, after hearing from Vince McMahon, I don't know if that was really Vince McMahon, though. I have to be honest. I feel like... I don't know. I, I think it was him. He, he's, a, he's very abusive. I never knew that about Vince. I always thought he so was... So aggressive. Yeah, you hear good things, and then, you know... I thought you, you know what they say? Character. Yeah, they say, don't meet your heroes. I see what they mean. Yeah. He really loves Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, though, if you notice. He kept on plugging that. Which is, a yeah. whole, which is about sixth on the depth chart in things we're going to talk about today. Yeah, it uh, didn't even make a ripple. So let's get into it. Folks, if you didn't hear about it, obviously, and obviously you didn't listen to our, either our earliest part of the show or the earliest part of our podcast and maybe a previous video or the same video. We're not sure what we're doing yet with that. Um, Vince McMahon. Body Dottie, actually, you know more about this story than I do. Give us the rundown of everything that is going on with Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, John Laurinaitis, the entire controversy, which really the most trouble Vince has probably ever been in other than the old steroid trial. But I don't know if he was ever in real trouble with the steroid trial. If you ever listen to some speaking from Jerry McDevitt and Vince, it didn't sound like they ever really had a chance to lose that. Once they went to court, if you if you remember the dark side of the ring and all the research we've done, yeah, yeah. this is the first time that Vince could actually be in trouble. And the ironic thing, it's going to be the trouble of the very thing that he created. So, Vladi, give us the rundown of what is going on with Vincent Kennedy McMahon, since he wasn't really too open about the things. And during the interview, you tell me the facts, and we'll go from there. Oh yeah, and, and all I can really go by is what I read in the uh, Wall Street Journal. Uh, their article. And what it seems like happened here is that there was this 41-year-old woman that was hired by WWE's legal department. Uh, basically, what the Wall Street Journal is indicating is that she was on some hard times, to quote Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> and basically, uh, hard times, daddy. 
was happy to get the job. Fucking around his dick and then getting in the poop of Vince McMahon. Hard time. Jesus. So basically, um, she was in a bad way dealing with a sick parent and um, was grateful for the job, but wasn't able to go and take the uh, bar because of the situation with the sick parent. And uh, was working for WWE and evidently went from the legal department to this is where it gets weird to being John Laronitis's assistant, which, you know, when you work on live shows, that means that this woman is there traveling with Laronitis and also probably Vince and is there during the entire production of the show is probably, you know, is in Laronitis's office. Different wrestlers going there for creative, whatever the case is. It's kind of strange. And this is part of the work environment. So I think this is where they found that Vince went and paid her. She was originally making 100 grand. All of a sudden, she's making 200 grand. And then all of a sudden, she also fell into like approximately like, what was it, $3 million? Was it? Yep. $3 million uh, from his own money, though, his personal money. Yeah. So, you know, this is where the, it, I think there's, uh, it's going to be really intriguing to see how this develops because Vince is the king of WWE, obviously. CEO, well, has stepped down, replaced by Stephanie. You know, so, you know, some people might be, you know, skeptical and say, oh, the fix is in. But the truth is, he has a board to answer to. And even though he has, like almost like the kill switch to like destroy any sort of, um, you know, like uh, coup d'etat on his his realm here. <sighs> he still has to answer to Board. the public in ways, yeah. and they might say this could hurt a sale. There might be a way that this might be his out because there was a similar situation also with uh, the Carolina Panthers about a couple of years ago with a. Older owner named Jerry Richardson. All of a sudden, these accusations came out, and what happened? He had to sell the team. Like it, it just didn't work out well there. And Vince is way more powerful than that guy for sure. But still, there's something of the unknown. And for him to play Stephanie there, I think he's a little worried. But you know, again, that's me editorializing what you know what, what uh, you had already asked me about. But I told you what was in that article, and this is basically where we're at with this. Where very strange happenings of Vince showing up at, at SmackDown, opening it up, pretty much saying nothing. But some people are also looking at it as it might be his goodbye. So who knows? I, it'll be really intriguing to see when's the next time we see that guy on TV again, if at all ever. I don't believe it's that. Uh, first of all, I think the biggest problem he's going to have is that that paralegal, she got the $100,000 raise, doubled her salary, right around the same time Vince started shagging her. Yeah. That's where you run into problems with the company, as you, I believe you mentioned. And that's where you, you have to worry. But to your point about Vince being all powerful and, and bring up to the, to the uh, Carolina Panthers, the crowd, the adulation and the support he's gotten by many in the WWE universe was telling and i think that's going to go a long way in what happens here i really do because what you're worried about with vince is see, the nfl they're worried about because the entire nfl as a whole they always like to have their good pr they always like to do the certain things to make them look forward thinking more progressive the nfl 
is run differently. It's, it's what, 28 owners or 30 owners. I'm not sure what it is at this point in time. Uh, there's well, how many teams are in the NFL? 30, 28, 32. Um, I forget often. I think it's 30. It's I think, it's 30. Yeah, 30. Yeah. So it's 30 teams in, in the NFL. So he's only one thirtieth of what makes that engine go. Vince McMahon owns more than half of that essentially. So he's extraordinarily powerful. And there's a reason yeah. he has all those shares because he knew that if he always has the ultimate power, yeah. but the board can vote no confidence. We saw a storyline with Triple H went back in the day where he basically said that they voted no confidence on Vince and Triple H was taken over, and that's when the CEM Punk thing was happening in 2011. So that could happen, but I don't. Look who's on the fucking board. He's got a lot of really good friends on that board. And if popular opinion is split, even if it's 30-70, if 30% people support Vince McMahon in this situation which we've seen, I've seen people on Twitter praising him, saying he didn't do anything wrong. It was his own money. It doesn't matter. It's like morality is gone. It doesn't matter. Vince can do whatever he wants. So until he's not there anymore, until he's not running creative, I don't think anything changes in the WWE. And I am actually under the impression that Vince is going to remain stepping down from CEO and and the board and the chairman, but he's going to stay as head of creative. And I don't think he's getting fired by anybody. I think Vince stays there until... Um, that's my opinion on it. I mean, don't forget, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, and Nick Khan are sitting on that board. However, one board member is told to have leaked it. So it's good. That is where you, you, you have to wonder. But I, I don't think Vince leaves. I don't think that was good. I, I think that was a fuck you. I'm not going anywhere. That's what I thought. This could have been a power, like power play by anybody that you just mentioned there, too, though, like Nick Khan, especially. Well, Nick Khan has not been anywhere near the situation. Nick, this is above Nick. This is well below Nick Khan's kind of shit. You get the feeling. He's, he's on the board. Him. He's on the board and has a vote, though. Oh, I know. So this is something that. Nick Khan, you have a great point. Nick Khan might be the guy because he's the one that made them a lot of money. He came on and they started making a shitload of money. And that's what the, at the end of the day, that's what the board cares about. And now the other part, I mean, I don't know it's going to play out because now I'm starting to convince myself that you're right because it's not like Vince McMahon is super popular in the wrestling world other than the sycophant whack jobs that were cheering for him in Minnesota and who's defending him on Twitter who clearly have no morals. But... I'd like to say, if they didn't get pissed off about anything else Vince has done the last 40 years, this is probably, I don't know if this is even a top 10 biggest offense in his career. I really don't. The only reason he's in trouble is because he's screwing around with company money. And that's the reality, but I don't think, the guy's like a cockroach. And he's placed himself in a very, very good position at 77 or 78 years old, however old he is at this point in time. He's placed himself in a position where he's almost untouchable still. Now, Stephanie can pull the trigger. Do you really think his daughter is going to fire him? Then again, didn't Vince just fire Shane? So who knows? Right. And you know what? What about, what, what if perhaps it was Triple H? Because he is known as the cerebral assassin and also the game and he could be pissed off because Vince McMahon basically ruined NXT. 
There you, you go. Think Triple H stabbed the knife? You think Triple That's H? Right. Triple H turned on him. He ran him over with a car like he was Shawn Michaels back in 2002. Is that what you're saying? I think it's similar. And then his wife, his wife becomes CEO, and then Triple H becomes head of creative. That's some crazy House of Cards type shit right there, even though it's not politics. Right there. That's Game of Thrones. Relevant. Um, <laughs> I'll probably leave it in there anyway, but that's not the point. Uh, yeah, I, I, at the end of the day, it, it's just – I don't see that being the case because Vince has basically given everything to both of them and their family still. I, I, I but – if they fired Shane and they spread rumors, somebody spread rumors and rumors about how hated Stephanie was in the WWE. Meanwhile, you see nothing but adulation from her, from former employees, current employees, happy for her getting this opportunity. So I don't know how hated Stephanie really is. So that's she's probably she's probably the best ambassador that they could have, you know, to slide into that role. I thought her and Triple H were poised to take over. I, I, her, I thought her, I thought she, Vince's idiot daughter and his and his doofus son-in-law was actually <laughs> going to take it into the uh, <laughs> his doofus son-in-law. That's great. I love CM Punk for that. But I think we all thought that they were going to take WWE into the next, not millennia, but the next yeah. era. And now it looks like that's going to come to fruition. But it, it, could it have been a power play? Or maybe this is a situation where Stephanie and, and Triple H are like, dude, this isn't fucking cool anymore. It's not 1987. You can't do this shit. You can't do what you did to that female referee several years, three decades. And you know what? That's a that's a great point that you're making, man, because he has not changed. Yeah. You can't you can't blackball the Macho Man Randy Savage and out of the Hall of Fame for whatever reason it could have been. The Bret Hart thing isn't that big of a deal in, in the grand scheme of things. But ruining people's lives, firing people when they didn't deserve it. I mean, Vince has done a lot of... I mean, we can go on and on. I mean, there, there's so many things that Vince has done that's been fucked up over the last 45 years. This isn't really surprising to me. But the fact that he's in trouble is the surprising part. And I think he is in a little bit of trouble. I just don't know if it's going to come to fruition where he's going to be out, ousted completely. I think at the very least... They'll still be in charge of creative. Here's the thing: if if this is a hostile takeover, he's not going to be in charge of creative. Ooh, yeah. I don't know if this is hostile though. I think if it was hostile, it would have blown up a little quicker. Uh, if it was, if it was Triple H and staff, there's no way that they would allow him to remain in power of creative. That's what I'm saying. Triple H would be yeah. behind the behind this headset right now as we speak. Yeah, and, and you know what? Like, I don't even know if Nick Khan would want him there. He's been around for a while. He sees, like, the quality of shows, and it's like... He doesn't know little... I don't know, man. He doesn't know shit about wrestling. I've heard him talk. He doesn't know shit. He just knows about making money. I don't know. He, he could get feedback from others that do know about wrestling, and they're like, this is shit. This that could be true. better. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right, man. I think Vince McMahon is definitely look. His time came about 15 years ago. He's 15 years too long. He's he's had, like like I, like he alluded to. He and Ric Flair both need to go away. They both yeah. need to go away somewhere. 
You guys did lead an indelible mark on this business, this, particularly Vince McMahon. I don't think you're ever going to find someone who meant more to an industry than Vince McMahon has to professional wrestling. As much as everybody hates Vince McMahon and the WWE, particularly on the AEW side, the fact of the matter is you wouldn't love wrestling if it wasn't for Vince McMahon in all, all likelihood because he brought it to your TV sets first. Yeah, it was better in 2000. It was better than 1995. It was better in 1990. It was better in 2007. I get that. But at the end of the day, you, that's what got you into professional, most of us into professional wrestling, at least one of those errors. So Vince McMahon it has his hand all over our wrestling fandom. So that's a little bit of a difference. Uh, but they both just have really embarrassed themselves in many, many He's ways. a handsy guy. What happened? He's a handsy guy. Oh, he's handsy, all right. But you, you have some of the things that he said and some of the things that he's done and how phony it is. It's just annoying that because intelligent people realize he's so full of shit. And it's similar to, I don't really want to go there, but the way they were so, tr like, had such reverence for him reminded me of a Trump rally. It really did. It was like, here's a real piece. Like, no offense. I'm not trying to get too much into Trump right now. But as a quality human being, neither Vince McMahon or Donald Trump are probably making it into heaven if there's a heaven. Let's be honest. It's a hot take. I mean, are they? You've Who seen the judge? that they've lived. You've heard the stories. Are either one of them going to get into heaven? No fucking way. That's if you believe in heaven. If not, maybe they'll be reincarnated as a Heva, Heva Hava. I don't even know what that is. A Hivahava is a guy who jerks a, cat, a horse off into another horse. Okay. It's a Pennsylvania you know. Dutch term. Ah, okay. So Vincent Mann and Tr Donald Trump are both going to come back as Hivahavas, getting paid less than minimum wage an hour and being sodomized by their boss. That's what would happen in a fair world. Yeah, a true and just world. But it's not a true and just world. It's true. Two of the most powerful men in the world in, their, in, the, in the profession that they chose. So. Maybe there is no God. Vincent Man was right. Who knows? But end of the day, let's go out with our predictions. Flotty Dottie, does Vincent Man survive this? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say mostly. I think there are going to be repercussions, but I do believe he's going to be still a big part of the creative team. And until I see anything different, until they have concrete proof that that woman got that raise because of sexual relations she had with John Laurinaitis and Vince McMahon, I don't think there's really anything they could do because you can pay someone with your own money a non-disclosure agreement. It's fucked up and it's morally fucked, but Vince McMahon is well shown time after time after time after time. He is not above such things when it comes to sexual exploits. So, yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I just survives. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. I'm taking his age heavily into my decision there. True. And I'm thinking that this is the time that they could say, "Listen, this is the stock price is this, Vince. You can leave. Stephanie will be in control." It's what she's always wanted. You know, and like before this shit gets too crazy or worse, 
You know, they're doing like his life story. Like I think what's the name? Bradley Cooper is like supposed to be playing him. Yeah, I swear to God. Like it's like it's crazy. It's like so they're, they're, if you don't think that they're thinking about the end game with that, you know, they gotta figure he's gotta really figure out how is he gonna finish his history with this company. How's he gonna preserve his legacy and, and tell yeah. the story? And, and I think that's the thing. Uh, you know, I am of the opinion if the, nobody else comes forward and nobody has any more allegations, I think he survives it. If there's one more significant allegation, there's been rumors of Kelly Kelly being signing an NDA. There's rumors of other female stars signing an NDA. If any of that comes to fruition. Yeah, that's the case. because they're, the board is investigating those other rumored NDAs. And honestly, like you're naming a few possible names. This is all, you know, skeptical. You know, it's like hasn't been proven or, or confirmed. However, if they have a litany of them where this became just his operation while he's working, like all these years, especially while they've been a public company, they could very well use that against them. I mean, that's not like a good work environment is immediately what they're going to go for. The WWE, not a good work environment? The hell but, you say? We've never heard that before, sir. Right. Oh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Well, and where's Linda? Well, apparently they haven't really been together for years, which is yeah, about, yeah. That's about as surprising as the sky being blue and the water being wet. Yeah, she lives in Florida, and he lives in Stanford, so. I, I don't... She's... It's it's amazing the the comparisons between say a politician and a high profile wife and Vince and Linda. I mean, how many times have you heard a female politician or a female wife who wanted the spotlight just suck it up, let their husband be a complete piece of shit scumbag just to further their own career, further their own agenda? We've seen it time yeah. and time again. There's certainly one that comes to mind. Linda, Linda McMahon reminds me a lot of one particular woman that recently ran for president. So Tulsi Gabbard? <laughs> Not Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, shit. She has morals. Well, I don't know. Uh, I, don't know. I, know who you're I know who you're talking about. That's right. Elizabeth yeah. Warren. Uh, yeah. Um, but this is New York. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, I'm obviously talking about Hillary Clinton. She accepted a lot of things from her husband just because she cared about her political career. And she didn't feel like if she bailed on him, she wouldn't be still in the spotlight and be able to run for Senator New York. Linda didn't make a big deal about Vince's shit. Because Vince was banging women throughout their marriage. He was open about it on Howard Stern. And then he turned a new leaf. Well, clearly he didn't. He's been a piece of shit with women his entire life. And he hasn't stopped. Hasn't stopped once. He's a 70-plus-year-old man doing this. He's beyond, beyond being mature enough to handle this. This is a sycophant. It's a narcissist. And he just didn't care. And he was taking what he wanted to, and he didn't give a shit about anybody in the process. That's my final thought on this situation. Uh, 
Anything Very cool. Otherwise, we can end it like that. No, no. I mean, I, I'm just, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what I, I mean. We can go off with that, you know. All right. Well, now moving on to happier things. If you weren't excited about Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, well, guess what, folks? You're gonna get another pay-per-view headliner with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. In case of emergency, Brock Glass. Oh, I see what you did there. I stole that from somebody on the internet, and I don't know who. Um, yeah. Brock Lesnar, in in the wake of Cody Rhodes and Randy Orton, the two biggest baby faces in the company, both missing time probably till 2023. Well, Brock Lesnar just became a lot richer for his for his appearance and this storyline. As instead of giving it to a young up and coming star, or maybe even Bobby Lashley, who's right there. Let's bring back Brock Lesnar. Definitely a Vince McMahon call. Is there any other thing they could have done other than Bobby? Does this make any sense at all, Vladdy Dottie? I think Bobby Lashley should have gotten this spot. You know what? The fans probably would have backed him, too. Like, this would have been believable. Yep. Big dude. Like, what What the hell? Just roll the dice. I mean, what, I mean they're going to watch it no matter what. So, like, why do you always have to bring back Brock? Oh man, but yeah, like I, I, I just for them to bring bring back Brock here, um, it's lazy. I mean, it's it's so just tried and true, and this is all they can do. So now their top baby faces are going to be Edge and Brock Lesnar. Yeah, <laughs> with Pretty zero much. momentum. The thing is, is what you you do like Brock got the big pop because no one it wasn't a surprise. WWE did surprise everybody bringing Brock Lesnar in. But now the surprise is over. Where do you go from here? How, how, I mean, if anyone could sell this piece of shit, it's going to be Paul Heyman. Right. You have these guys who have headlined, I believe, seven pay per views, five of which have been either WrestleMania, Greatest World, Saudi, a Saudi show, a WrestleMania, or a SummerSlam. Right. I think they fought at two Saudi shows, right? Or one was the great, yeah. They had Crown Jewel this past year, and then they had, the greatest Royal Rumble ever, which was a Saudi show back in the day. They both headlined that. They have three WrestleManias. This is going to be their second summer. This is going to be the sixth big-time major pay-per-view that they're headlining. And they haven't had a great match once. They've only had a good match twice. Right. And they have had a good build once. This is the worst rivalry that has gotten this much time in the history of the company. I don't give a shit what anyone says. I thought it was Orton and Cena. But I just watched a banger Iron Man match today with in Randy Orton and Cena on Bragging Rights in 2009. One of the best Cena and Orton matches I've ever seen. Really made me learn a lot, earn a lot of respect for that era, which I kind of skipped over because I always thought that they sucked yeah. when, I, when right. I saw them debut in 2005. But they didn't wow. headline major pay-per-views. They headlined a couple summer sims. That's it. Right. Maybe a Royal Rumble or two. This is three it, WrestleManias, two SummerSlams, two biggest shows of the year. Listen, this was a knee-jerk reaction because of the injury to Cody uh, and also the allegations. Yeah. It's, and, it's a combination and by the of way, these. And I have a theory, too. We're not going to get too much into this because I, it's all conjecture until we hear it, but we hear about Sasha Banks. Does WWE leak the Sasha Banks thing same day as the, the McMahon news drops? Do they leak it? 
even though it's not true, leak it just to steal some of that juice off of the McMahon news. That's something that I also question. I really do. These guys are professionals. They've been in the PR business for 40 plus years. They've gotten into trouble before. They know how to wag the dog. I am not, I am not restraining myself from thinking that the Sasha Banks thing might just be a work a little bit leaked by somebody from the company just to try to get some heat off of everything else that's going on. Yeah, I, it's very, it's totally plausible. I know. People love Sasha Banks. Their heads are going to explode. Uh, you know what? I shouldn't do the Vince impersonation because everyone will think that I was Vince earlier. So I do such a good per Vince impersonation. So I'll stop we there. Yeah, we don't want that. Yeah, I'll stop there. Jeez. So it, it just it's it's boggling to me. But let's move on to after we know that Lesnar and Roman Reigns, the internet's he got a good pop, but the internet's pissed off about it. Because, again, they haven't really put a lot of juice into it. But that's where WWE is right now. They are in a lot. This is the weirdest spot I've ever seen WWE in as a company. And you know what? Vince McMahon brought it all on himself and his company. All of it. Every piece of it. They should have another young star. You shouldn't have put an up-and-coming young champion that you had. Not he's that young. Big E. With a, with a, a very with a very inexperienced mid-carder and dropped him on his fucking head and probably cost him his career. He should have been fighting somebody that has a lot more experience and fighting somebody in a bigger spot than being the midday. You could have built other stars the entire time. There are tons of stars. And now you're screwed. You went and bought a big star. You didn't create Cody. Cody created himself. You bring him in. He's your new big star. He breaks his peck. Randy Orton, a guy who you didn't even want to push as a big star and a big baby face, becomes one, and he gets hurt. So you put all your eggs in these two baskets, which you didn't even intend to have. Yeah. You brought it on yourself, Vinnie Mac. All of it. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. And if Laurinaitis and Pritchard and Vince go, the company will be a lot better. And everybody knows it, and everyone's been saying it. Just like they were saying Roman Reigns should turn heel for five fucking years and Vince finally does it and he strikes gold. <laughs> Imagine that. Roman's getting stale as shit right now. I've, I've tasted three-day-old baked bread that are more entertaining to me than Roman Reigns at this point in time. Wow. It's a weird way to acknowledge our tribal chief. I, he's getting stale. It's, and when he comes back, it's not like you're excited anymore. See, usually when a guy is a part-timer, when Brock Lesnar was a part-timer, when he was on, it was a big deal. Yeah. Now when Roman Reigns comes on, it's really not that big of a deal. Okay, we have to watch him walk down the ring for 10 minutes. and then we have that's, to that's the biggest issue is the amount of time it kills. That's, what, that's probably why WWE loves him so much. I mean, if you watch an episode of SmackDown, there's like five minutes of actual show. Wrestling. Yeah. The rest is highlights, recaps, yeah. Michael Cole promoting something. And maybe a Sami Zayn promo. That's, that's SmackDown for you. And Madcap Mad Moss and Baron Corbin wrestle for five minutes. That's, yeah. Smack, that's every SmackDown since WrestleMania. Sad. It's been a joke. SmackDown's been the worst show on television for a while. Worst wrestling show on television since way before WrestleMania. Fox needs to complain. Well, their ratings are slipping. And that was certainly a reason Vince did what he did, no matter what he said in our interview. 
Did you see the ratings for Vince's uh, segment or the, I'm for the show? It was through the fucking roof. Yeah, it was. Three it was. million. Uh, I forget the total amount, but it was up like twenty percent. That's significant. I mean, you're talking about two million. See, they see they draw like one what one point nine usually something like that on two million. Yeah. So twenty percent, two million. Do the math. It's four million people. That's incredible. Four hundred thousand. Yeah, how could four million be twenty percent of two hundred million? Four hundred thousand. That's a significant amount of people. AEW would Tony Khan would stop blowing CM Punk for four hundred thousand more people <laughs> on a weekly basis. He would finally stop. He would finally stop blowing CM Punk. No um, man, it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> hey Tony, uh, we heard that CM Punk isn't a good tipper. Oh, that's fucking bullshit. bullshit! No, no, no. Very CEO of you, very president of you, very owner of you, Tony. I love it though because he's such a little mark. He is a mark. He's a mark. But when you're a billionaire, a multi-billionaire, he's a mark with an awesome. If any of us had a couple billion dollars, we'd all start our own wrestling company. Let's be honest. I would, you and I would run the best professional wrestling company on the planet if we had a couple billion dollars. Absolutely. But we don't. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Crypto's going to return. That's what, that's what my uh, deranged cousin t- texted me today. Her mouth to God's ears. <laughs> Because Silicon Steve Valley is living in Allentown, PA now instead of Malibu. So there's that. Ah, it's brutal. That's why I quit smoking cannabis. It's illegal in uh, PA. So I actually have to move to Phillipsburg, New Jersey. There you go. Just to smoke cannabis. That's a way to do it. That's a nice place. That's a nice area. It's beautiful. If you want to see poor whites in the Northeast, go to Phillipsburg, New Jersey. (laughs) Don't go to Phillips, New Jersey, please don't for your own good. Uh, so that's what's going on with WWE. There's a lot of other things going on, but nothing really seems worth talking about. Let's be frank. I don't yep. have anything that's worth talking about in WWE right now. Right, right. I agree. Money in the bank. It looks like it's going to be Seth Rollins because there's nobody of interest even in the match. That I yeah, know he's of. one. Um, which could be make it very interesting. He might cash in on Brock and, and Roman a second time at SummerSlam, which I wouldn't doubt. I really wouldn't. That being said, which I would love. Oh, you just booked it because, you know what? Rollins will win it. He can hold the title. Cody wins the Royal Rumble. Cody versus Rollins for the title. Cody can't beat Rollins for a fourth time, though, can he? Jesus Christ. He's going to have to. There um, you go. We just booked we it. To. You're welcome, Vince McMahon. Good thing. It sucks that he, he wasn't here when we came up with this. We just booked your yeah. WrestleMania now. <laughs> We'll have to get our producer to go and call him on teams again. And you could still have Roman and Rock, if that's the case. Right. Perfect. Perfect. We just booked it. We're done. Yay, we're done. All right. <laughs> so then we go to AEW. Forbidden Door is less than a week. Well, actually, it's one week away. Wow. And we have, uh, you know, I didn't know. They announced like 17 matches since Wednesday night. That's a little bit of a sarcastic vibe. A bit of a stretch. No, but they booked a lot of the matches that I wasn't 100% sure about. Right now, we have uh, at the top of the card, we have John Moxley and Hiroshi Tanahashi for the interim AEW championship, which I believe will be the headliner. 
even though the better story is Jay White and whatever the hell's going on with Cole and ha- Hangman Adam Page in a possible, yeah, in a possible Kenny, but he said, I'm not wrestling either one of you on Wednesday night. The only way this pay-per-view, in my eyes, gets saved, if you're not going to have Okada, if you're not going to have Tetsuya Naito, you're not going to have Shingo Takagi, you're not going to have even Toro Yanu, for Christ's sake! Founder of Chaos. You know what I found out? Do you know who Chaos? Do you know what Chaos is, Vadi Dai? What is it? Well, other than the evil corporation that Maxwell Smart would fight, right? Chaos is the longest-running faction in at New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. A lot of people think it's Bullet Club. No, 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 my no, 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 Mo Frere. Do you know who the one, two of the, the one of the th- two founding members of Chaos was? Uh, I have no idea. WWE star right now. Hmm. Oh, it's pretty obvious. Oh, uh, what you called? Uh, Tana- uh, Tanaka. Uh, Tanaka. Uh, Who the? F- Tanaka. Tanaka um, of the Orient <laughs> Express. Come back in 1987. That one. Jesus um, Christ. I totally Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke Nakamura, and when he signed, when he started it, he was like a little. He was a good wrestler, but he did not have any of the charisma that he has now. He doesn't have any of that. But yeah, I, I did the I did an entire history research on Chaos. So Shinsuke Nakamura and Toro Yano, who is still in Chaos, founded the group, and obviously Okada became the, the major player there, and Shinsuke left. Um, there was a time there where Shinsuke actually made the Intercontinental Championship in New Japan to be the big. It's a, it's a bigger deal there than it is in WWE. Right, right. Um, the Intercontinental title oftentimes is considered a double main event. And Shinsuke Nakamura is the reason for that. He kind of put that belt on the map. And so, hmm. yeah, I didn't, I didn't know Shinsuke Nakamura was, the, was really the leader and the founding member of Chaos. So I thought that was really interesting. The point is, though, is that Okada, biggest name in New Japan Pro Wrestling, is having a child. So he might have just been skipping this the entire time once they realized this kid was coming around that time. But no Tetsuya Naito, who's probably the number two guy there. Ibushi is hurt, and he's also in bad terms with New Japan at the moment. Right. So your three biggest Japanese-born New Japan stars are not going to be a part of this show. The only big-time star, neither Shingo Takagi and a couple other guys who absolutely have carried the company in many ways over the last 10 years, the only guy is going to be Tanahashi. Who really, I mean, Ishii's another name that's popular, but he's not on the level of a Naito or a Okada or a Takagi. So it's very interesting uh, that they're, none of them are going to be on this card, which I think is a big disappointment for a lot of us American fans that are looking forward particularly to Okada. Because you always hear the legend of Okada. Um, so that, that puts this in a very weird light. So I think the only way that you really save this card is Jay White faces a guy by the name of Kenny Omega. But I don't know if Kenny is healthy back, and I would assume they would probably have Kenny come back earlier than this Wednesday to promote this show. But it's also interesting. What I liked is that you saw a little bit of some tension between Adam Cole and Jay White when Adam Cole was like, what the hell? I was supposed to get the shot. So I'm glad they're not doing Page and Cole again. That would have annoyed the shit out of me. However, some people are speculating it's going to be Hangman Adam Page, Adam Cole, and Jay White for the IWGP championship. Either way, Jay White's not losing that match. Right. Unless it is to Kenny. Kenny, I can see possibly work. Hmm. But 
Other than that, Jay White. Jay White's on fire. I don't know if they would go and exactly. Like, yeah, there's no way. Even even yeah, it's probably not going to be Omega. But like, I, I could see there's no way that Jay White's going to lose that belt. I think possibly Kenny confronts him after the match. Yes, we're going to be. Um, Will Ospreay against Orange Cassidy, which I think a lot of people are interested in. I personally would have rather seen Will Ospreay against somebody who's not a comedic wrestler, even though I think that match is going to be extraordinarily entertaining. And Will Ospreay is one of the absolute best wrestlers in the business. He reminds me a lot of Kenny um, in the way he sells and how athletic he is. And he even does what crazy. Did you, crazy what did you think of the What did you think of the Will Ospreay match against uh, Dax? Wow. First of all, Dax, Dax Harwood with his chops. The way he delivered those chops and the way Osprey sold them. I mean, Will Osprey, if you didn't know how good this guy was, you damn well know now after that match. Yeah. I thought it was a really good match. Oh, and that wasn't even him at his best. He's had even much better yeah. matches than that. But they worked well together. I think you got two great professional wrestlers, and that's what happens. When you get yeah. two really good guys, sometimes it just clicks. Um, Dax Harwood, I wonder if he'll ever be a big-time singles guy. And, but he's, he's had a lot of singles matches. Big time yeah. singles matches. He's lost them all, except with the exception of the one against Cash. Um, but Dax Harwood is really making a name for himself, and so is FTR. And that goes to my one of my matches: FTR versus Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn, who are the IWGP champions. FTR, the Ring of Honor champions. They take on Rapungi Vice, the Ring of Honor titles, and the IWGP titles. That match should be fire. I'm looking forward to it. But I think FTR, the only title that's going to change hands is going to be in this match. I think you can say that. I don't think Orange Cassidy wins the United States Championship. He might, though. Um, but I, I, either that, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. And I literally saw people in, in, on Twitter saying, how come there's no New Japan women wrestling? Literally getting pissed off that New Japan isn't putting any of their women on the card. Well, there's a good reason for that, folks. They don't have a women's division. There are no women in the company that is not a valet. That's the reason there are no women wrestlers from New Japan. Okay, Brain, Brainiacs? Thank you. It, was, it boggled my mind when I saw it. People legitimately saying that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just one. It was several. The ignorance is incredible. Um, this isn't really that bad of a car. Just the build has been jacked off. It's going to be, you know, then you have Pac, a four-way dance for the, for the new... All Atlantic Championship. Pack Miro, who I both love them both, against either Malachi Black or Penta Escuda. I'm assuming it's going to be Malachi Black. And then whoever the new Japan qualifier is, we don't even know who's going to be in it. Maybe it's Tsaya Naito versus somebody else. You would hope it's one of the big names that we saw. Um, I think Naito would be great. I think he'd be perfect for this, but we'll see what happens there. In a match I'm not super excited about, Eddie Kingston, Shota Umuni, sorry, Shota Umino, and Wheeler Yuta. Shota is, I believe, a member of Chaos in New Japan, but I have to get confirmation on that. I'm not 100% sure who he is. Against members of Suzuki Gon, Minoru Suzuki, and then, of course, members of, actually, just one member of Suzuki Gon, it's Suzuki. And then, of course, the two biggest members of the, of the Jericho Appreciation Society, Chris Jericho and the newly joining Sammy Guevara. And let's get into that a little bit. What did you think of that? Sammy Guevara coming out, and I thought it was weird it was Fuego del Sol. I was like, what the fuck is Fuego del Sol doing in this match? 
Yeah, like, yeah, I guess it was just for the full swerve on the ramp. But it worked because like, I actually thought it was Fuego. I really did. Fuego, okay. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, it did, you know, resemble them for sure. But yeah, it's just, I was surprised to see him, you know, going back towards Jericho. Uh, I think Sammy could do it on his own. That's what I'm saying. It, yeah, and I'm like, I was a little bit, to me, it's a, it's only way is like, to me, it's just a, honestly, it's a Jericho move to go and get somebody with heat on him and putting it next to him because otherwise his faction is just a bunch of jobbers. 100%. And now he has somebody who's legitimate and deserves a spotlight and he's going to ride it. And I think there's really good chemistry with, with Guevara and Jericho. And also, I could see Guevara turning on Jericho and taking over the Jericho Appreciation Society and maybe calling something else. I can use yes. Sammy's end, Sammy's end game. Gu- Guevara Appreciation Society, so gas. Ah, oh, give him the gas. I love it. There you go. Oh, my God. And, and But you already see, and what I love is Jericho totally working the angle when Guevara and Teikani, while everyone's beating each other up, Guevara and Teikani start making out full tongue, and Jericho presenting them like it was a big, big debut. Like, look at these sex gods. It's incredible. So Jericho knows what he's doing. Jericho's put himself in a very good position to still maintain relevance. Um, but I'm with you. I think Sammy Guevara could have moved up as being a top heel, maybe take MJF's spot because of the heat he's getting. But this might be a way to kind of keep him there, and then he jumps over Jericho, and then becomes one of the top heels in the, in, in the business. I think but they like, kind of botched but, his heel turn a little bit. And I yeah, think like, this, this is a little bit way to make it a little bit better. I, I don't know if it's making him better. I, I mean, I think like you were just alluding to it again. They're pulling him back down to like Jericho status with MJF being out, and we don't know what exactly is going on there. Sammy was the obvious choice to go and take that that mantle right there for the time being or going forward. Yeah, like what? Why? Like why do you weigh him down? Why would they need to weigh him down with Jericho? Then Jericho just, oh, I need this guy by my side, and, and honestly, it it he's taking the spotlight off of the the hottest heel right now. They're the Conte and Guevara get heat just walking out there, period. They get edge. As as they start, yeah. They're getting edge lead of heat. And you know what? Sammy Guevara didn't even have to steal Taekani from another wrestler. Right. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and that's the thing. It's like as soon as they start making out, like the place is just goes crazy. That's the funny part. All they were doing is, is I'm po- just posting how much they loved each other on Twitter and everyone hated them for it. Right. They were being your typical 20-year-olds in a relation in a new relationship. Oh, I love them so much. I never thought I could be this happy. Fuck right. you. Fuck you. People hate like how good looking they are and, and they're in and shape. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's the, it's a it's a it's a freaking uh, laser beam of heat right there for those two and it's like Jericho and again, Jericho's just only improving himself and his his own faction by putting him there. You're salty about Jericho lately, though. I think this is the end. Am I wrong, really? The end game here is to have Sammy take over that faction as the head. Who cares? It's not the NWO. It's not not even the inner circle. Can we see them as a faction together again and see where this goes? Obviously, Daniel Garcia was not happy with everything going on with with Sammy Guevara. So Daniel Garcia is going to turn babyface sooner than later. They're going to all turn on him and beat the piss out of him. 
What and the guy guy who cares? The guy can't cut a promo. He's a good wrestler, but he can't cut a promo yet. And I exactly. Think yeah, he needs a lot of work still, man. Like they, put him again, in the Blackpool Combat Club, and that's fine, or or something else, or put him in another faction. Um, what's going to be interesting is two Is are they going to turn on Daniel Garcia? That's going to be the interesting point. Where do they go? Um, or do you just research, re, re, or do you just reform the inner circle with 2.0 instead of calling the general appreciation society? Because if you the notice, the camera cut did have all three members of the inner circle, the original members of the inner circle, as they were going off with the other guys not, not around when they were going, when they were finishing their segment. It was yeah. just, it was just uh, the heater, Jake Heater, Sammy Guevara, yeah. and Jericho. So right. I, I'm going to wait and see where this goes. This could, this is a little bit of a step back for Sammy, 100%. But I think they kind of botched his heel turn a little bit. It was kind of in and out, never really full-blown. So I think this is a way to fully document that he's a heel, big-time heel now. Um, no in-between lines. He's a heel. He's a bad guy. And now he can really make that ascension to that next level, even though I thought he already did with his TNT title run. But I think a lot of people look back at his TNT title run as, as kind of shitty now um, because of the, for some reason, the sex joke was had a lot of people pissed off. Even Eddie Kingston tweeted about it. I don't know. I don't think it was that big of a deal. I feel bad. But that and the fact that he was going up against uh, he and Scorpio Sky didn't really have none of neither one of them had really long, successful runs. Uh, Sammy lost, I think, within a month and a half to Cody, then won it back, then lost it again, then lost it to Scorpio, then beat Scorpio, then lost, then lost it again. It was just, it, it really was weird booking, and the and that title, many people think, lost a little bit of clout since Sammy won it, which is ironic. Right. Um, so I think they might have thought that he needed to hit a moment, have, have a restart to an ascension as a top heel in the company. So I'm going to wait and see before I bash him, because oftentimes we know AEW plans are usually six months in advance, and we don't really know where they're going. Like Malachi Black, we still don't know where the frig they're going. Julia Hart has been turning heel for two years now, and she finally did. So, you know. and so they moved at a snail's pace, and then Guevara and Jericho are moving in reverse. We'll see how it plays out, man. That's all I can say. AEW, I'm giving them time to see how things play out because they usually make sense long term. Not usually. Some, some, but unfortunately, because they wait so long, it doesn't have the same impact. The, the House of Black caught a little bit more after that pay per view. That, that their momentum is is a little bit better. But House of Black was one of the hottest things in professional wrestling a year ago, or well, maybe ten months ago. I think he debuted in June, right around this. It might be about a year yeah. anniversary since he debuted. So House of Black, really, since he started adding members, hasn't been that great. Um, they have great matches, for the most part. There's a couple ones that I'm sure could, we could have back. But at the end of the day, <laughs> I, I think they have to worry about their booking being too slow in certain instances. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Not everything has to be Kenny and Hangman. Yeah, I agree with that. And same thing with Jericho. This is where I get annoyed with him. It's like MJF is is a hot property. Ah, what does he do? They have to. He has to feud with MJF, right? It sort of takes from him. Who's another hot property? Eddie Kingston. He wants that face and and heel thing going back and forth. He immediately goes to him, and then I, he goes and creates this Jericho Appreciation Society. And and hey, they got some big wins. 
Um, I didn't agree with their wins. We, you and I have discussed that. But then it's like when I saw Sammy sort of drop into his lap again, I'm like, Heck, you could have had Sammy in that um, that Atlantic title match. It would have made sense. Question, What's the one thing that Eddie Kingston and MJF both have in common? Uh, what, work in the Indies? Jericho put them both over. Um, but those two guys don't need Jericho to put them over. Eddie Kingston did not have a big win on pay-per-view yet against a big star. Oh, yeah, I, that's a great point. The Kingston with that. But, like, yeah. MJF had to do a song and dance with the guy, man. Which he probably loved to do. It was sports entertainment. That's what Jericho is. Come on. I, I, I Look, I'm a Jericho guy yeah. still, and I think this new reincarnation is just a proof positive that he still can stay relevant. So, yes, he's using younger stars to stay relevant. Absolutely. But he's also helping younger stars become big. I mean, that Eddie Kingston-Jericho match was the best match of that night, in my, in my view. At, yeah. at, it was a, at least top two. And because every time they have a tag title match, it's always great. Um, but it was a fantastic match. And Jericho put Eddie Kingston over. That was the biggest win of Eddie Kingston's career. Yeah. MJF, at the time he beat Jericho, was arguably the biggest win of his career. You can argue the Cody win was bigger, but Cody never reached Jericho's success in AEW or in life or, or in general yet. We know Cody's going to be the man. Yeah. We know that, but he's not. He's still not there yet. You got to stay healthy, kid. Got to stay healthy. Got to stay healthy, pal. Got to be there. <laughs> Gotta be there. Um, so, anyway, but I just wanted to get into that a little bit. I actually liked, I, I didn't mind, I think the Sammy Guevara thing is going to work out well. They have great chemistry. And I think it will help Sammy eventually when they get rid of Daniel Garcia in about six months, seven months, you're going to start seeing Sammy <laughs> with the power play. You know, when the storyline progresses. Uh, yeah, exactly. So... That should be a good six-man match. And then the finally, we talked about it, Jay White, and uh, against who knows. So that's the card so far. They have a lot of work to do for this pay-per-view on Wednesday night. It's their go-home show. They have a lot of work to do. First of all, Jay White needs a challenger, and I'm really interested to see who that is. Other big news from AEW, we have new tag team champions and what I thought was a brilliant ladder match. Um, I wouldn't say a top five of all time, but there's a lot of great ladder matches. But definitely a great ladder match. Probably better without the Hardys, if I can be honest with you. Because um, I, I, I don't think the Hardys are that great in the ring anymore. I think Jeff Hardy is just a guy who jumps off the high things or gets in a car wasted off of his ass. One of the two. And I don't know, the Young Bucks become the first two-time AEW Tag Team Champions by beating the Dinosaur and Jungle Boy. But the big news there... Not that we didn't see it coming. Christian hitting a kill switch and then a concerto on a beaten Jungle Boy at the end of the match. And I loved this heel turn, even though we knew it was coming. I thought Christian was absolutely brilliant with his mannerisms, the story he told leading up to it. Christian has been brilliant. And I got to be honest, I was actually really happy that he did a little concerto to uh, Jungle Boy because... So you're a Christian fan. I'm a big Christian fan. Big Christian for peeps. You wanted him to do this for a while. I've wanted him to turn on Jungle Boy. Every time he consoled him, I wanted him to hit him. Every goddamn time. When he put him up on his shoulders, I wanted to drop him like Batista did Randy Orton. Right, right, right. I really did. What I loved about this 
And let me know what you thought about this. When the Young Bucks were walking out with the titles, Christian was standing over and protecting Luchasaurus, consoling him. This is the first time he ever consoled Luchasaurus. He always consoled Jungle Boy. Always made it a point to make Jungle Boy the favorite. Tried to give him that dad-like love that he needed so much. And mm-hmm. never did Luchasaurus. And to your point, I think you mentioned this. Luchasaurus looked like what the fuck a couple times. Yeah. This is a situation where Christian now decided to look after the dinosaur. And then when he went in to check on Jungle Boy, and there was a good point where he's standing over Luchasaurus. He's staring directly at Jungle Boy in the ring, and he looks pissed off. He's like, and then, he, then the young bucks leave. He walks over, protects Luchasaurus, so to speak, stands up. They keep walking away. And then he goes in the ring and absolutely destroys Jungle Boy. Loved it. Great concerto. Quite frankly, better than anything Edge has done recently. And, well, the last two weeks since he turned babyface and got the concerto himself. But did you see this great exchange between Jungle Boy's mom and sister and Christian after the show? Uh, I don't think I actually saw that. I heard about it, but I did not see it. Wow. Christian just kept on saying, you raised a piece of shit. That's a piece of shit right there. You raised a piece of shit. Screaming at Luke Perry's widow and Luke Perry's daughter. Loved it. Wow. Loved it. That's one way to get heat. It was almost like Ian Zarenig was back cursing out the Perrys. Is that his name? Steve, Ian. whatever Steve was, the blonde, the blonde. He was an yeah. asshole for the first like couple seasons. Ian Zarin. I what did I say? Ian Zang. I, Tom Zink. <laughs> the Z Man. Whatever. So I absolutely love this the way it went off there, and I'm really looking forward to Christian beating the shit out of Jungle Boy. However, I kind of believe the Jungle Boy is going to win this. Uh, oh yeah, rivalry. It'll be his launch into single wrestle, single wrestling. But I think the dinosaur becomes Christian's heater, which I love. You love Christian and Lucha. Can he not be Luchasaurus, though? Don't be goddamn dinosaur anymore, buddy. Get that man a gimmick. Get that man a gimmick. And you can kind of work him over like you did Wardlow. You know, maybe get him to a point where he, maybe he's a star. Because people love him. As long as he doesn't <laughs> wrestle that much, people think he's great. <laughs> then he, when he does wrestle a lot, it all of a sudden starts shining through. Yeah, he's got to kind of stick to the six moves that he knows. Yeah. And even some of them uh, don't go that well. I got to ask you, what did you think of the Woodlow match? Fast forwarded it. Awful. I heard it was terrible. I mean, did any, what expectation did any of us have? Why do it? Try to keep him relevant. I, I think... I don't know. I mean, you could have, you could do a lot of things at Wardlow. I don't know. I think they were trying something that just didn't work. This whole thing with Mark Sterling, I like Mark Sterling, but I thought it was a bad, I thought it was just a bad little shitty little storyline. It was comedy too. And it's like, why do you have to bring comedy into Wardlow's realm right now? This guy is so over. With a bunch of jerk off wrestlers no one ever heard of. Right, right. Like, I, I hated that, man. I got to be honest. They're all wearing security outfits still. Right. I didn't watch it because I thought it was going to be bad. I had no interest in it, to be honest with you. And I fast forwarded. And, and then, you know, what was weird too is they included two MMA guys at the end. 
Yeah. And one of them was involved in, like, a train accident. And, like, you could see that there was, like, some issues there. Aren't they in America's top team, too? So it was a little bit of... Yeah. They turned on America's America's top team. Turned on him now, but you have a, I have an idea that they're probably going to turn on him when that match happens. So you, I don't know if Wardlow gets that championship right away, which would piss a lot uh, of people off. I think he should well, be the champion, but who knows? You, you no, know, if you rewatched it, if you saw that portion of it, you'd see like how he, he connected with them, and then they fed uh, Mark Sterling to Wardlow. Yeah, we'll see. I, I didn't watch it, so I, I can't. Yeah. I, I think. It wasn't long enough to really hurt Wardlow's progression into his, into his ascension to a big star, but it's certainly something that Tony's got to... Look, Tony still knew it all this shit. Yeah. A lot of these people never ran a TV show before still, even though it's three years. They're still learning. So we'll see. But I, I didn't think it was going to be good, so I fast-forwarded it, frankly. Yeah, I wasn't... Well, you were totally right. Um... Oh, you know what pissed me off about the Jericho match with uh, with uh, uh, with uh, Ortiz? Uh, probably the, the hair match was involved because you hate Jericho all of a sudden. This one aspect of it, yeah, Jericho gets on my nerves. Um, during the match, Ortiz is out there with Eddie Kingston, and then the entire Jericho Appreciation Society is there the entire match. Yeah, but for some reason, Santana's in the locker room when Ortiz is out, like. I'm like, why wouldn't Santana at the very least be out there? Didn't they come out later, though? Yeah, with Yuta. It's like, and you know what I loved is JR, I actually wrote this in my notes, man. He actually said, where the hell have you guys been? Because it was so stupid in the way they told, told that JR story. will call out shitty booking. He does yeah, it. Totally. I, I was like, I, and I, that's why I wrote it down. But JR, thank you for calling that out. It was so stupid. You, those guys could have balled anyways, and why wouldn't they be there supporting them? Well, the only one that you could have been iffy about is Yuta. That, that's the thing. You, Santana should have been out there the whole time. Yuta yeah. and Omigo, um, whatever the hell that guy's name is. Yuta and Amino, they could have came out for the save. You didn't have to have Santana come out for the save as well. Because you could have had the same situation with Santana being out there. It made no sense Santana wasn't out there the whole time. Yuta and Omino, that's a whole other deal. You could see yeah. that being like, okay, you know, we had enough of this shit. We're going out. But Santana, yeah. not only is he his faction or whatever, he's his tag team partner, his brother. They've been together for, for over a day. Yeah. So that is really weird. I mean, especially if Eddie Kingston was out. Right. If one guy's out there, why aren't both? Exactly. You know. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, you and I are totally on the same page with that, man. I was just I, like, I, this I, is such. It's not a big deal. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but it does make no sense. And you know what? What I love about JR is he's so old. He doesn't. He has no fucks to give. Yeah, I love that aspect of him. He he really, if you listen to him, you can tell when something annoys him. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He's sarcastic as shit about it. Yeah. <laughs> the same way on his show, on his podcast. Yeah. He has no fu- He's JR. He has no fucks to give, and everyone knows it. So there yeah. So that's what we got going on in wrestling. Wow, what a week. Wow. Oh, wait a minute. It seems like two years ago. Jeff Hardy's a piece of shit for driving drunk. Forgot about that, too. It's amazing. Incredible story there. It's 2022. And I'm not the first one to say this. Get a fucking Uber. You're a millionaire. Stop being yeah. stupid. Yeah. At, one, at some point, it's not a drug addiction. It's just stupidity and irresponsibility. Yeah. And I, and I had yeah. a drinking problem. I had a drinking problem myself. So I understand. 
I was never drunk or stupid enough to get behind a wheel after I was 39. Grow up, Jeff. You're almost 50. Yeah, I, it's just amazing how many, like, how this guy plays with not only his life, but other people's lives and doing this sort of shit. And I saw something, yeah, and I and I saw something like he has mug shots while he's been in WWE, AEW, and I believe Impact. And let's not forget how he showed up on, and I forget the name of the pay-per-view, but it was in 2010, he fought Sting. Sting, yeah. The the uh, an impact pay per view, and he was absolutely fucked three ways from Sunday, to the point where Bischoff tried to fix it, tried to do whatever, and then st- they were just like Sting, take care of it as quickly as possible. Sting yeah. grabbed him, gave him a Scorpion Deathlock, tried to pin him, and like legit pinned him so he couldn't get up, and it was just an embarrassment. Jeff Hardy needs to not be in wrestling anymore. Sorry, no. I'm so- and I'm glad Tony, Tony's taking the stance that he did. Not that any, like, if you're anti-Tony Khan, you're going to be mad at him no matter what he does, and I get that. But I thought he handled this well. He didn't comment it right away because he has to find the facts. You can't just go on by a Twitter report or whatever. You have to find the facts, talk to certain people before you make a comment. And he said he's got to go to rehab, and then we'll, read, and then we'll decide if we're going to take him back. But he's got to go to rehab first before we even consider it. Right. That's what they should, you know. And he basically did the same exact thing WWE did. Right now, Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy don't look like they're really great guys when it comes to Jeff Hardy getting out of his contract. And now it also looks like WWE maybe knew what they were talking about. Yeah. So, we had to touch on that, but that was that seems ages to go because of all the news that happened in, in professional wrestling, including the Sasha Banks thing, which we didn't get into because of speculation. Yeah. Do you think of? Um, do you think? There was any impact with the way that um, Hardy was booked in AEW with some of those matches and some of those spots that he had to deal with? He's been doing that for 20 years, so no. All right, but the thing is, he's been doing it for 20 years, and and in that time, short time span, he jumped off of like uh, a window at one of these arenas through a table. The ladder. Yeah. Then he, he had the Darby Allen spot, and then he was. And then he had the uh, pay-per-view where he was, like, basically knocked for a loop. I think he was unconscious at one point. And then... Matt Hardy. No, no, that was Jeff. Jeff Jeff didn't even know... He had a pay-per-view match in in AEW. He had the tag match with um, um, Matt against the Young Bucks. Oh, my gosh. I forgot the the double or nothing. Oh, my gosh. So he he got knocked out during that match and didn't know what the fuck was going on. And then... And then the next show, they were they were going and booking them in another ladder match. Here's a situation: Tony Khan, because Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy have both been in the business a long time. Tony Khan has trusted trusted them to know their bodies. Obviously, Mister Khan, you need to understand that these wrestlers don't make right decisions sometimes about their bodies. Right. Yeah, you're right, man. And you have to take that responsibility out of them. And it's hard if you're a 38, 39, 40-year-old man who watched these guys grow from jobbers to icons and then to tell them, you can't do what you've been doing for 20 years because I'm concerned for you. It's very hard for Tony Khan to do, but he's got to get it, grow a set, get the grapefruits, and make, it a, and make better decisions. And I think he will after the Jeff Hardy stuff. 
yeah, he, I hope you learn a lesson with that because, and I'm not saying that he has to need to necessarily be soft with these guys, but that was a lot in a short amount of time, and especially him getting knocked out in the pay-per-view match and not really knowing. And then, you know, they pop up again on, on Dynamite, and it was like, all right, next week you're going to be in a ladder match. And it's like, this guy was literally just unconscious in your ring about 10 days prior, and you're looking to put him in another ladder match. Like, like I understand they're going for the guts because uh, the Hardys realize that they're they're on borrowed time. Yeah, this is it. They were trying to, and and you know what? I have the feeling they might have actually won that match, the title. They match. were going to win that match, one hundred percent. Is that right? I, I I have no doubt the Hardys were going to win that match, and then the Bucks were going okay. To win. How yeah. I thought they were going to be booked. The Hardys were going to win the match. Christian was still going to get turned on the on on whatever. And then the, yep, yep. the Bucks are going to want revenge on on the Hardys because they beat them last time, and then the Bucks beat beat the Hardys, yeah, and their run or what have you, and then FTR and, and the Hardys. So basically, they just skipped the Hardys Bucks feud, and now you're yep. going to go right to FTR and the Young Bucks at all in. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, it, it was just uh, yeah, it's just interesting how this all developed, and and it feels like eons ago considering everything else that has happened. Oh my God, it does. It was it was six days ago, and. It seems like it's fifth. It's like seven-page news now. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Jeff Hardy is a danger to himself and a danger to the people around him, and I think he needs to go away forever. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe come back for one last match when you're all clean and sober. Uh, maybe one last two or three matches. But there's no way he should be on the road being a professional wrestler every single week, week in and week out. He just doesn't. He's not mature enough to make decisions that a normal man his age should be making. That's why he's Brother Nero, the nefarious Brother Nero. Yeah. And honestly, is he even that good of a wrestler anymore? I mean, all he does is jump off of big things. And his swanton looks like he's killing people. He's potatoing, man. He's like totally like connecting on that. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, wow, what a week of professional wrestling and a hell of a <laughs> night. For our 100th episode, this is the longest podcast we've ever had. Wow. For our 100th video on YouTube, we are excited. Lottie Dottie, this has been a great episode. It was a long time coming, too. We had to postpone it for, what, about a week now. And uh, it was absolutely a pleasure talking to you tonight. And it's been a pleasure. Our 100th video. We want to thank Vincent Kennedy McMahon for hopping on and discussing all things. We don't know how much is going to make air. Yeah. We just got, I just got emailed a non-disclosure, a, a cease and desist and yeah. a non-disclosure agreement. So we got to see what's Mc, going on with that. But. We, we got to be very wary of McDivitt. Jerry McDivitt. Oh, that guy is going to make people sleep with the fishes. All right. <laughs> we want to thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops. We move on. We were going to be back with you. Whoa. We're going to have to come back with you later this week for... Pay-per-view number, was it two? Pay-per-view number two as Lottie Dottie striking first blood at Hell in a Cell with two victories to my two losses. You now have a two-match lead going into Forbidden Door. This might be my shot to this might be my shot to come back a little bit because I know a little bit more about New Japan than you do. But maybe not. I think it's so far, I think it's pretty easy to book so far. Uh, we'll see. But uh, that's no. about it. Lottie Dottie, anything else before we get out of here tonight? No, it's uh, it's great to do this hundredth episode with you, and it was awesome to have Vincent Kennedy McMahon here. Totally shocked. 
I didn't really appreciate the way he talked to me, but considering how he treats other employees, I'll deal. Oh my God. So, yeah. but yeah, it, it was, uh, it's been uh, a great uh, journey uh, on these hundred episodes with you. And it was just awesome to have a great surprise of uh, a McMahon calling in on our podcast. So. the show too. That was the best part. We learned Amazing. from the best. If you open with McMahon, you get the ratings, baby. We know that now. All right, thank you so much for watching High Spots and Cheap Pops and listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Silicon Steve Alley for Vladdy Dottie here at High Spots and Cheap Pops. Here endeth the lesson.